Who is your God? Is he a God you can trust? Is he a God of hope? I'm sure for many of you, the answer is an easy, resounding... Oh, good, you're awake. (laughs) He's a God who's come through time and time again. Maybe you have Bible verses memorised, testimonies to share. But if that's true, if we believe that God is a God of hope and a God in whom we can trust, do we receive and actively live in the joy, peace and hope that he promises us? Would your family or your closest friends describe you as being filled with joy and peace and abounding in hope? For me, at least, uh, the answer is probably a much more quietly stated, uh, no, maybe not so much. My prayer for us all this morning is that we can remember the character of God in the light of Christmas and be reminded of the joy, peace, and hope that we can have in Jesus' name. So let's get stuck into it. Our glorious text for this morning is Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this verse appears at the end of Romans, just one chapter before the end of what has been one of the most well-crafted treatises of biblical truth in the entire Bible. It is back-to-back-to-back hard-hitting truth about who God is, who Jesus is, and what that should do to us. Seriously, if you're a debater, Romans is the book for you. So where do we arrive after 15 chapters of this back-to-back hard-hitting truth? Well, we arrive at Romans 15, 13, a little nugget about the life that we can have when we trust in God. But this is not the first time in Romans that Paul has talked about hope. In fact, Paul mentions hope in Romans more than in any of his other letters. In chapter 4, verse 18, we read of Abraham with reference to God's promise that he would have a son and become the father of many nations. In hope against hope, he believed. In chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, Paul elaborates on our hope through the gospel. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. In chapter 8, Paul mentions the hope of fallen creation as it waits eagerly to be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So clearly, it's an important theme. What is Paul trying to say to the church in Rome about hope? Well, first and foremost, we must understand from our glorious text this morning that God is our foremost, indeed our only source of true hope. He gave hope to Abraham as he fulfilled promises. He gives us hope for our future in the gospel, that we may be set free. God is the source of our ultimate hope, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who is the single pathway to life and life eternal. Paul has given 
all of the evidence has tracked it back from the very beginning and is telling the church in Rome that God is worth trusting. He has proven faithful at every juncture. From Abraham to Jesus, the story of the Bible is a testament to God's enduring faithfulness, perseverant promise-keeping, and his assurances to us for the hope and future we can have in Jesus. The last time I was up here delivering a sermon, uh, I talked about the word yahal, which means to wait. It's an Old Testament word that means uh, to hope. Um, now we're in the New Testament, which means we're looking at the Greek, which I think is elpis, which means confident expectation. I got the nod from Ben. That's good. It means confident expectation. Paul shows God's faithfulness so that the church in Rome can have confident expectation in him. And so can you. God is the one who has proven true Every single time, and you can have confident expectation in him as your saviour, redeemer, king, and friend. That's what it means to believe that God is a God of hope. We need to remember, we need to genuinely reflect on God's goodness, unending faithfulness, and unfathomable love. And I put it to you this morning that when we do, it produces something within us. It produces joy and it produces peace. And not just a bit of joy or a bit of peace. We are invited into the overflow. God is not one to do things by halves. And as always, these things are very easy to say and often very, very difficult to do. Uh, I chose this text actually originally because these words, hope and peace, have been words of focus and of challenge for me. Uh, The last couple of years have had a series of events happen that for a time caused hope and peace to be quite unfathomable to me. And so I share this with you so that you know that I don't speak the words joy, peace and hope lightly. In August of 2018, my mother discovered an ovarian cancer tumour about the size of a baby's head. By God's grace, she was rushed into surgery and over that coming year was healed through a series of chemotherapy. By early 2019, that treatment was finishing and my family was rejoicing that. Uh, But then in June of that year, my brother, who was 28 at the time and newly married, uh, began his cancer journey with stage 4 bowel cancer. Uh, It was devastating uh, and it felt to me at the time like an absolute kick in the teeth. I was so angry with God that my family was being targeted uh, and that I could do nothing about it. But my brother was recovering slowly, getting his surgeries and his radiotherapy and chemotherapy done uh, and then 2020 arrived. And I think all of us experienced our own set of challenges We were all suffering with a sense of loneliness and, I think, a lack of hope. And then in July of 2020, my high school best friend passed away suddenly in a horrific car crash. Uh, And the next day, my nearly three-year relationship ended. Heading into 2021, I was anything but hopeful, joyful or peaceful. It seemed as though each new year brought about only another difficult pill to swallow that I could do nothing about. 
So I chose the word hope for my year to focus on and grow in. I wanted to remember that there was something to hope for ahead of me rather than only other shoes that were waiting to drop. And God taught me so much. He taught me that when I let go of trying to control my life and trust him, he has so much that he can do. That when I remember his past goodness, even in the depths of those dark times, there is joy to be found. He became my God of hope. And then in 2022, in the midst of an unendingly restless world, I chose the word peace. And God has taught me so much this year. He has taught me peace in his presence. That simply by being with him, reflecting on his faithfulness and character, the things of earth grow strangely dim. And I can be settled and content and even peaceful in just the knowledge that the God of the universe is with me. That's the promise for us, my friends. To be filled by who he is. I don't consider that I have yet taken hold of it. But this passage gives me the insight that I so desire. That we can be filled with joy and peace as we trust in him. And as Kathleen said in her sermon last Sunday night, I encourage you to listen to it, you can't trust someone you don't really know. So when you do know him, when you know his character proven by the Bible and by the testimony of your own life, you can remember and you can trust him. And that gives you hope. And that hope gives you joy and peace. I want to assure you and remind you this morning, biblical joy and peace is an inner delight and contentment in God and his sure promises that gives us comfort and contentment in every trial. No matter the dark place that you are in, the light is coming forth and we can have confident expectation in our sovereign God who walks all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Because he's done it before. As we've mentioned, God is not one to do things by halves. We are not invited into this life to merely taste joy or taste peace. We are invited to be filled and to overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. As always, our blessing is not only for us. It is to overflow, to spill out and to affect others. We are meant to be wellsprings of hope that cover the land and bring God's reign of joy, peace and hope into all the earth for his glory now and forever. This passage also reminds us that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be guided and ministered to when we stumble. We will be reminded and filled anew. Don't forget, the Holy Spirit will tell you, remember and hope. Now, Christmas is a wonderful time if you're prone to forgetfulness. Old traditions, the same songs, maybe the same outfits, the same colours, the same decorations, all those traditions coming out year after year. It's a yearly reminder of hope, a yearly reminder of God's faithfulness 
a babe, born in a manger, to humbly fulfill every law and prophecy and become a servant, obedient to even death on a cross for your sin and the sin of the world. God's faithfulness through the ages, from the prophecy made in Genesis to crush the head of the serpent, he came as a baby and gives us overflowing hope for all of eternity. There is no greater display of faithfulness than that. There is no greater thing in which to put your trust, in which to have hope, peace, and joy produced. The best place for all of that is in the manger, in the promise made manifest. He came, and the hopes and fears of all the years were met in him that night. Who is your God? Is he a God you can trust? Is he a God of hope? Do you live in the light of Christmas this morning? Do you receive and live in the joy, peace and hope that he promises you and fulfills as truth because he came? Do you remember? In the light of Christmas, I believe that we can. We can look to Jesus and put our trust in God this morning. You can trust him because he came in the form of a helpless babe to save you and it changed the course of history and it can change the course of your life. It can change the course of your dried up rivers to be ones overflowing, coursing abundantly from the source of living water, Christ himself, to be overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me now? Um, that we might put our trust in God for the first time or for the 50th. Let's pray together to know our God, to remember his character and put our trust in him. Lord, I pray that as we reflect on who you are, as we remember your faithfulness and love, may this prompt us to trust you. We pray that as we give you everything, as we surrender, we may then take hold of what you promise us in this life and forevermore. We pray that we may know your hope, peace and joy to the fullest measure and that you will use us to pour out this blessing on others to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.